Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. <clears throat> Let's see here. So, uh, I'm in uh, for the very end of my little Toronto trip. I'm downtown, or roughly downtown. Just kind of nice to finish off things before I head back to my hometown for Christmas, except that there's people all over the goddamn place. So let's see if I can talk to myself successfully. I feel like I'm in uh, some kind of fucking stealth video game, just like always kind of looking around. Like, I guess it doesn't matter that I'm talking while people are around, but it's just, it's weird and embarrassing. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want anyone to catch me talking to myself. This actually would probably be a good time to pull out the phone, man. Because then it just, I'm talking into a phone. It's not that weird. Man, that happens so often where I really think, even just the lady who runs this Airbnb I met, I couldn't tell if she was talking to her dog. It seemed extremely animated and just very involved for a conversation with your dog, no matter how much of a dog person you are. And then I realized she was on her phone. And yeah, just people walking around day to day, talking on their phone. It's funny because just everyone else is in lockstep walking around like a fucking robot. And then you get this one person who's super expressive and animated just because they're talking to somebody. Oh, just there, a jogger just ran by me. <laughs> Made me feel all... Let's just fucking get through this then, because obviously this is weird. So I had some uh, website troubles, and it took a little while to get the website back up and the podcast feed working on iTunes again and shit. So those last, like, three episodes, I actually recorded about a month ago, and then only could put them out once the website was fixed. So in that interim period, in that month... I got sick, like real sick, so I think that's just a little bit interesting to bring up in a writing capacity, because I haven't gotten seriously sick since I started this podcast. I actually haven't for like a couple of years. I would get like that little tickle in the throat where I'm like, uh-oh, here it comes, and then in a day or a day and a half it would go away. That happened like six times. I was like, this is amazing. I just never get sick anymore. How, how great is this? But then it finally hit me. I got that little tickle in the throat, and then the next day, it was just like I could barely swallow. And then hacking coughs and horrible head colds, and just kept shifting around and just getting worse and worse day after day. Like a solid five days of just shit. And then another week of low-level suckage. But the good thing about it is it was a test of my little writing every day technique, which I know that's really just that comes up in this podcast more than anything. Half of the fucking episodes are just about why I think you should write every day. But I really do more and more. Like even if that's how this podcast is remembered is just this guy came up with a thousand different angles to describe why he thinks you should write every day. That's fine. I don't mind if that's what this podcast is. Because it really was kind of the, uh, the breakthrough technique that really helped for me. And I know there's people that don't agree. Like, there's little uh, hashtags on Twitter. I don't really fuck with this shit very much, but... Like, hashtag writing tips or writer's life or whatever. And I remember I clicked on one and uh, it was some, I don't know, just fucking... You know, people say you got to write every day to be a writer. If you don't write every day, you're not a writer. And to that I say, and it was some pithy 
gif of, hey man, fuck it, I'm too busy. I don't have time to write every day. I'm still a writer, don't judge me. And I've gotten the occasional like email from people about this podcast and you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I agree with some of the stuff that you say. Not all of it, probably one guy said about 50%. (laughs) He didn't elaborate on what 50%. I was like, 50%? That's not a very large amount. But I have a feeling there's a good chance this could be one of those things of like fucking writing every day. I just don't have time to write every day. I can't write every day. And it's like, okay, fine, whatever, you know, find your own methods, do your own thing, go your own way. But I just feel like in a lot of ways, people don't know what they need. They don't know what the path is that works, because if they did, it would work. And the reason I can cast such aspersions on others is because that's where I was. That's where I was at. That's how I thought, and that's what I felt. I was like, ah, surely I got this figured out. Surely I know what to do. It's just coincidence that I never finish anything, (laughs) and I never accomplish any of my fucking book goals. And then when I finally did finish a book, my Last of Us book that you can get at KeithCourage.com, it's because I fucking worked on it every day for like two years. So to reiterate quickly, that plan is to make sure you work every day, push really hard to make sure you work every day, but then don't worry about how much work you do each day. It can just be a little bit. And getting sick was a great test. Like I feel like the great tests are are getting sick and horrifying death in the family. And that one hasn't happened yet. God forbid. That one will not be fun as an experiment. But getting sick, that was kind of an upside. I'm like, all right, well, let's try this out. and Let's see how it works. And I'm happy to uh, announce that it did. It, it worked. Like, even though I was miserably sick, like, holy fuck, I felt bad. Like, I would just wake up and, like, barely be able to lift my head because it just hurt so bad. Just this pounding headache. But I'd been sleeping too long. I, like, couldn't really go back to sleep. And just stuck in no man's land, cold sweats. Like, I was really sick. It was really bad. And I still managed to do some writing every day. Like, I kept the chain going throughout that miserable hell week. I didn't get a shit ton done on any given day, but most days I don't, you know? Again, it's just like, most days it's just a little bit. Every once in a while I have a big uh, productivity blast and get a bunch done. But getting little amounts done is fine because it all adds up and the results arguably are better. So that's all really, just another little reason number 56 of my thousand reasons why I think you should write every day is because once you establish that habit, you can keep it up through these times of terrible physical adversity. Because you just, it's so easy to give up on a project. It's so easy to lose sight of it. And it's so easy to just take a day off, then two days off, then a week off. And next thing you know, you've taken five years off. You know, you just stopped. You just aren't doing it anymore. The best way to avoid that, the best way to combat that fucking outcome is to just make sure you work every day. As long as you're working every day, even at just the smallest amount, your book will be done eventually. It just has to be. That's just the nature of reality. (laughs) You just keep working at it. You have to get to the end eventually. Whereas if you stop, 
that's the only way not to get to the end. Like, that's it. It's just so, if there is, like, a, a fountainhead, you know, a fulcrum point, a fucking icebreaker, cow catcher difference between success and failure, it's to write every day or to not. So, yeah, I mean, you might think you don't need to do that. You might think maybe, oh, that's not really applicable to me. Oh, that's not really the technique I need. But maybe you don't fucking know what you need, <laughs> you know? Maybe you need the strong arm of the school marm to say, hey, do you want to be a writer or not? Do you want to get things finished or not? Then write every day and stop arguing with me. Just fucking do it. Doesn't have to be a lot. Oh, I'm busy. I got kids. I got a job. I don't have time. Yes, you do. If you don't have 20 minutes in your day, then you are lying to yourself. You just got to fucking write on your phone, you know, write while you're in transit, write while you're taking a shit. You can find the time. This podcast has turned out much more aggressive than I intended. But uh, as a side point, so uh, just kind of looking back over that week where I was really sick and just this month in general, I'm like, all right, cool. I kept to the writing. That's pretty, pretty sweet. I'm pretty proud of that. It's pretty impressive to me like that. It just uh, gives you a sense of confidence overall, a sense of confidence in general. Like I really do feel more like I can call myself a writer without feeling embarrassed about it, like without feeling like it's just a hobby. Like this really is something I show up for every day. Like that guy Stephen Pressfield said in the War of Art book, you got to treat it like your job. And to me, that does not mean working nine to five and working eight hours a day, as I've explained ad nauseum in different podcasts, why I think that's a crazy thing to ask of yourself and you'll just burn out. But I do think it's important to approach writing as a job in the sense that you show up every day, regardless of how you feel. Doesn't matter if you don't want to go to work, you will go to work. So if you want writing to not just be a hobby, you got to treat writing like that too. You got to show up. But looking back at that week and that month, I was like, all right, cool. I've kept up on the writing. Sweet. But then I've got this other project that I've talked about a bit of my last book, The Last of Us book. I'm working on an audiobook of it. And I spent last year recording the audiobook. And now I've been editing it. And it's just such a pain. Oh my God. It's just so much work. It's so long. It's just hours and hours of extremely mundane work. And I just, just don't want to do it. It's not the same as writing because it's definitely different. It's not creative. It's just mandatory work. It's something I would like to have finished, but I don't want to actually do it, which is not how I feel about writing. I like writing. But I was trying to just edit five minutes a day, just a similar approach. Like, let's not psych myself out. Let's just expect quite a small amount of myself just to get me going each day. Like, oh, I could just do five minutes. And that worked for the first, I don't know, six hours or so of editing this recording. But it just hit a point after a while where it's just like, I just don't want to do this every day. This sucks. And I just kind of fell off. Like, I just stopped doing it every day. And then taking a day off turned into two days off, three days off. 
a week off. At this point, like, I don't think I worked on that fucking thing, editing that audio file. I don't think I worked on it one time this whole month. And it doesn't really matter because it's just a side project. Like, it's not my main thing. It's just who cares. When I go back home for Christmas and I'm all bored in my hometown, I'll get back to it. God, there really are people everywhere. I think that's why this podcast turns so kind of abrasive. Just because I feel uncomfortable when people are around, you know? I'm like, fucking, uh, I'm compensating for how uncomfortable I feel by, uh, being a dick. But anyway, so I was looking at that, and I was like, okay, so that, that, uh, little pattern of, like, I was working on editing audio every day, then skipping a day, then skipping a few days, then skipping a week, then skipping a month. I was like, man, that's interesting because I recognize that pattern. That's exactly what used to happen to me with writing. Over and over, ever since I really earnestly started buckling down to try to be a writer, which was literally, like, arguably in high school, but probably just after high school. And then for the next 20 years, like, it just... Until you do something to break the pattern, that pattern will never stop. This is why I have notes for like a hundred different stories. Fairly robust notes in some cases. Because I started this novel and I just fell off. And I started that novel and I just fell off. And I started this other one and I just fell off. Over and over and over. And the years just tick by and you just... I just kept convincing myself like, no, it's cool, I'm a writer. Yeah, no, I'll finish something someday. Eventually, this is all going to work out. And it took, like, two decades of failure for me to stop trying to convince myself that I had it figured out and stop trying to convince myself that I've got all the answers and stop trying to convince myself that uh, what other people say, nuts to that, I know what I really need to do. And that's still, like, weird advice because I have said in the past and I do think... There's a lot of writing advice that I disagree with, a lot of writing advice that I think is bad and misguided, particularly advice about style and about, like, content, like, about what you're actually writing, which you'll notice I hardly ever talk about on this podcast, because I really think that's you, that's up to you, that's got to be whatever is inside of you. But as far as consistency and work ethic and bringing a project to a close. Whoever you are out there, there's a huge chance that you do need help and you do need guidance and you do need someone else to tell you how to do it because I definitely did. I could not figure it out for myself. I just, it took so long for me to finally admit that whatever I was doing, whatever haphazard shit I was doing was not working. That I feel extremely confident in saying, write every day or fuck off, man. (laughs) Just get the fuck out of here. Stop wasting everyone's time with your bullshit writing and your fucking, fucking flaky ass, like, posts on Twitter about your stupid ass fucking bullshit writing techniques. Fuck, just fuck you, man. Fuck you. Again, I'm sorry I'm being so aggressive. I really am just like... I'm still just, like, looking around for people. Like, I keep... There's people everywhere. (laughs) Fucking... And I'm only making it worse. Why am I yelling loudly and swearing at no one? It only makes it weirder that I'm out here. 
But anyway, that's the point of this podcast. This is non-negotiable. You gotta write every day. You gotta. If you miss a day, that's gotta be the exception, not the rule. You gotta keep this project moving forward. You gotta not break the chain. You gotta consistently push and push and push because that's the only way anything is ever gonna get finished. And you just gotta keep it active in your own head. I mean, it is a huge weight, even just writing a little bit each day. Every day, it's like, I gotta do that again tomorrow. I gotta do that again tomorrow. Gotta do that again tomorrow. And that's why I think it's important to not put too much weight on any given day. Because it's very easy to get overwhelmed. It's very easy to get demoralized. It's very easy to just slip off and you're just not, you're not working on your project anymore. You probably only have room in your head for one thing. That's why my fucking audio editing fell off because I don't have room in my brain for a second daily thing. I don't have the strength to hold on to two projects at once and to make sure that I work on them every day. I got room for one. I got room for writing. And as I said a few episodes back, I've managed to kind of spread that out a bit where now I work on like three or four things each day in writing. I've leveled up. But to make sure that I do it every day and that I don't skip days and I don't let myself off the hook, it's no joke, man. It's tough. It's a lot of mental effort. So I don't have room for audio editing or whatever other bullshit. That's all hobby stuff. That's staying in the realm of being a hobby. I got the one thing that I really care about and that's writing and that's the one that I work on every day. And it just changes the whole feeling. To just have it always in your head and just always right next to you and always just a part of your life. Not only is it way more productive, but it just, uh, there's just a, a confidence and a surety to it that you just know this is going to get done, especially after you finish a book. Finishing that Last of Us book, man, just the act of finishing it is more valuable than anything else because it just changed my whole feeling of like, all right, I've done it once. I've been down the road. I felt what it feels like. I know I can get there again. Can't get there tomorrow. I can't get there even in a year, maybe. I'm about a year deep. I would like to think I'd be done this book in a year from now, but it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter as long as I just keep moving. And the day I finish this book, I'll just start on another one. Like, it's not going to stop. Like, now that this is the process, it's just going to go till I die. It's not going to stop. I did not know how valuable that mindset would be 20 years ago. If I knew, I would have fucking worked to get here a lot sooner. So just trust me, you stupid fuck. <laughs> Whoever you fucking are, just try it. Just try it. Just set yourself a goal. I'm going to write every day without missing a day for, say, two months. And see how it works out and see how it feels. Because really, without that, I feel like anything else that might be useful, writing-type advice, blah, 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 I don't know. How useful is it, really? That's all bells and whistles. That's all side shit. That's all just like, I don't know, mildly entertaining parlor talk. of <laughs> Like, oh, I don't know. Let's talk about writing. Let's talk about 
the nature of an antagonist. Who fucking cares? That's not what, that's not writing. Sitting down and writing is writing. That's it, the end. That's where I feel like if we uh, still lived in a world of apprenticeships, which it's a shame that we don't, that's what I would do. That's how I would be, if I had apprentices, I would sit down across a table from them every day. I'd do some writing, they'd do some writing, and that's it. Next day we do the same thing, next day we do the same thing. I would never look at their writing, I would never read it over, I would never give them my tips and pointers about their fucking stylistic choices and their blah blah blah. Maybe after the whole first draft is done, even then, they could do their second draft themselves. Then maybe I would take a look and start getting into all this like fucking nuts and bolts writing shit. If they wanted me to, you know, if they felt like something wasn't working and they needed help. Because I just think all of that is just completely missing the point. It's just not being able to see the forest for the trees, you know. The habit is what is important. The sitting down every day and working, that's what's important. That's what gets you to the finish line. Everything else is just a lot of fucking wanky bullshit. Let me actually, let me put this a, a different way, because like, yeah, it's just, I don't mean to just be a dumb yelling dick, it's fucking ridiculous. I always like that saying, nobody becomes good by being told that they're bad. Like, there's no point in me just like, battle axe yelling like, you gotta write every day, you gotta do it, just fucking do it. Like, that's just dumb. It might be mildly appropriate if you're like a fucking army drill sergeant or something, but especially for like creative type shit. Like, come on, come on, it's fucking, I'm being dumb. I was thinking another way to put it, I think, is that writing every day might sound like a lot to ask if it's not what you're currently doing. And you know, it's obviously where a lot of the pushback comes from is like, I'm, I'm doing my best, man. I don't have time. I can't just write every day. But I think writing every day is the bare minimum amount of effort required to realistically finish writing a novel. And bare minimum sounds bad, but bare minimum's not bad. Bare minimum is the bare minimum. It's the smallest amount of effort that you have to expend to get to the end. If you can hit bare minimum, you're good, it might take a little while, it might be a slow process, but bare minimum will get you to the finish line. It's the bare minimum amount of work to get you to the finish line. And if you can crank it up more than that, good for you. I can't at this point in my life. I can do a little bit of writing each day and that's it. And that's the bare minimum, which like I said, got me to the end of the last book I wrote, is getting me slow and steady to the end of this book. I'm a year in, I'm halfway done. But the reason bare minimum isn't a bad thing is because what's the bad thing is below bare minimum, you know? And that's just where I had been floating for the past 20 years. 15 years maybe, I don't know. I was below the bare minimum 
amount of work ethic, the bare minimum amount of consistency that I needed to get to the end. So I just never did. It's like I never managed to break orbit, you know? I never reached critical mass. And the difference between bare minimum and sub-bare minimum is night and day. Like, that's everything. Bare minimum is bare minimum. It's enough. It'll get you there. Below bare minimum, you'll just never get there, which is what happened to me. I still did a lot of writing, I still did a lot of work, but I didn't have that consistency. I didn't have that ironclad plan of like, I'm gonna write every day till this is done. And it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough to get to the top of the mountain. This is just like the guy who runs out of oxygen three quarters of the way up Everest and he just dies on the mountain. You know, that's what just kept happening over and over. So that's why I'm being so insistent. That's why I continuously bring it up on this podcast. This was the difference for me. This is what got me to bare minimum. This is what got me to break out of the atmosphere. Working every day got me to bare minimum. And after that, everything else is gravy. It'd be nice to get more work done, but you don't need to. But you can't get less done. You just can't. That's sub-bare minimum, and that's not good enough. It's, you're just not going to get there. It's never going to happen. So anyway, uh, <laughs> let's uh, jump tracks for a little bit here right at the end. This is a weird thing to bring up in this episode where all I did was insult the listener. I guess, though, keep in mind, I mean, really, this podcast is just me talking to myself. So in a lot of ways, this is just like if I fucking ever listen back to this episode, it'll just be uh, This is really just a whipping myself into shape type of talk. If somehow I lose track of this, this little truth, this little basic tenet of what has made me more successful in completing writing projects, if I somehow lose that somehow, I don't know, maybe I... Uh, win the lottery or become a Hollywood bigwig and, uh, I don't know, become like a cocaine addict next to a giant pool overlooking the Hollywood Hills, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. And I'm like, how come I'm not a writer anymore? Whatever happened, maybe I'll listen back to this podcast and be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, this is how you fix it, fuck. So if you're feeling personally insulted, first off, fuck you, but second, yeah, you know, I'm just talking to myself. So anyway, yeah. Even though I keep uh, saying fuck you, <laughs> I want to mention that while I was uh, fixing my website woes, I noticed uh, when I was putting the podcast back on iTunes, fixing up the feed, that there's a couple reviews, <laughs> which I thought was cool. Because iTunes is segmented by country, so uh, in Canada there's no reviews. So I'm like, oh, in America, in the UK, there's some reviews, look at that. And I just wanted to say that I do really appreciate that a lot. And I definitely don't uh, underestimate like how cool that is because uh, I've definitely been 
party to some podcasts in my life that get no reviews, that nobody listens to and nobody cares about. And just those, uh, I mean, that's why every YouTuber is fucking annoying the shit out of everyone with like the rate, comment, subscribe, horseshit. It's because it really does help with little algorithms and shit. A review or two is infinitely more important to YouTube and fucking to the mechanism of iTunes than having no reviews. And like, it's just cool. I noticed that uh, at the bottom of the page, like I don't use iTunes much, so. I don't spend a lot of time in that ecosystem, but it's like, hey, people who subscribe to this podcast also subscribe to these other writing podcasts. I'm like, oh, that's fucking rad, man. <laughs> like, just like it ties you in a little bit. And it's like some sort of legitimacy of like, oh, fuck, this is a thing that someone cares about. Like, put it in, put it in the listing. I appreciate it a lot. So I can't ask you to write a review after I just told you to go fuck yourself. But if you have written a review and you do write a review in the future, I do greatly appreciate it and that is very cool. I bet even if you wrote a one-star review and said, this guy told me to go fuck myself, <laughs> fuck him, that probably still helps more than no review. Uh, so for song of the day, this one, uh, this might even be handy as a writing type tool. I've been kind of using it for this lately. It's called American Money, but I can't remember the name of the band. It's weird. On my phone, it's got in the little like file info, it's got the album. It's from an album called Dopamine, but it somehow just does not have the artist. And this is just something I found. I found this playlist on YouTube of songs that have been edited so it sounds like they're playing in the next room. You know, it's like a playlist of like, this song is playing at a party but you've locked yourself in the bathroom, I think is what it's called. <laughs> and it's just a weird talk about introvert music. But then this song was cool so I went and tracked it down. So I mean, you know, whatever. American Money on the album Dopamine. That's more than enough to find out what this artist's name is if you care. But what I like about it is it's this little romance song. Just about how beautiful this person's eyes are. And how right it feels to be with them. And I think that's kind of handy because, man, that's one thing as I get older. I used to have a way easier time writing romance stuff. I mean, when I was like 20, my first big novel that I really tried to write, that was what the whole thing was, just a high school romance. And even halfway through that, it turned into uh, a high school breakup slash school vandalism story. But uh, I just, I used to like believe in that way more where now I just really see it. It's hard not to see infatuation with someone. Well, first off, I mean, I just, I can't really distinguish between love and infatuation. I just can't. I think I've brought that up on this podcast, but like, when people describe it, I just don't know what they mean. To me, it's infatuation or nothing. Like, to me, that is what love is. That is what being in love with someone is. And it's just how it's always felt, and I don't know anything else. <laughs> it's just how my weird brain works. But that, it's like... It's so hard to give in to that feeling as I get older. Because I just can't, uh, I can't see past the the chemical concoction going on in my brain anymore like I remember uh, the last time I was really into a girl 
was uh, when I was in Vancouver. She worked at the coffee shop I worked at. And it was just like weird where it's like, okay, she's a lot younger than me, first off. We get along fine at work, but there's really nothing else there. There's no other real reason for this. It was especially odd when I realized that she's gay. She's a gay woman. So it's like, okay, on all fronts, this doesn't make any sense. It's just something going on in your head. But I mean, when I was younger, I would have... That's, to me, like, I didn't understand that that was a problem. I just was like, well, this is love, right? This is what it is. You're supposed to chase after this. I did not hesitate, and then I crashed and burned, (laughs) you know? Whereas, in that case, I remember, like, I would just be, like, in my apartment, like, okay, it's another three days till I have the same shift as this girl. God, that seems like a long time. I wish I could go hang out with her. I guess I could just swing by the coffee shop on days when I don't work just so I could talk to her for a minute. And all of that stuff, it's such like high school dog shit where at that point I was in my 30s and I'm like, I just, no, no, we can't do this. This is stupid. This is just some weird chemical thing that is flared up in your brain and body. It doesn't make sense. This is not the right way to go. It feels like it is, but it's not. It's just like an addiction. And I basically just waited it out, you know? I just waited it out for whatever, two or three months. And then it finally passed and everything was fine. And like now when I think back to that girl, I'm like, yeah, she was cool. Why not? She seemed nice. But I don't feel like that. I don't feel that crazy intensity because there was no reason to feel it in the first place. It's just this weird trick of biology. It's just trying to spur forward the species, <laughs> you know, that's all. But yeah, I think that was an extremely valuable little uh, little time to just like say no, to deny, to ignore. It's like, no, this feeling is not the right feeling. This is just craziness. And once, if you just let it pass, you'll see that it was craziness. And it's like, oh, good, that worked. And I feel like it made me a more stable individual. And like, I'm not just going to fly off half-cocked and destroy all my personal relationships in the future just because I feel some kind of crush on somebody. But at the same time, man, it really just destroyed for me the whole notion of romance. It just, the whole thing seems fake to me now. I'm like, what is all this? Like, in movies and in stories and in people's lives. Like, what exactly is this? What does this mean? So I just can't earnestly write romance anymore. I just can't do it. I don't believe in it. Even that that first, that book I was writing when I was 20, someday I'm going to, I'm just going to start over. <laughs> I'm going to do like, all right, here's the version I tried to write when I was 20. Let's try again when I'm like 40 and see what happens. Probably by the time I get to that, I'll be like 45. It's going to be radically different. I just won't be able... I mean, when I was 20, I could write that way. I could just write like this person is the greatest. This person is important. This relationship is everything. I could just buy into that because that's how I felt about things. I can't do that anymore. I cannot. So I guess generally I just don't write about that stuff. But uh, but sometimes, I don't know, I still feel like it's a big part of life. It's going to come up. I'm going to have to have some romance shit happen in some story eventually. So I like songs that can help me remember what that was like, to try to help me remember that feeling. 
of what it was like to be inside that bubble, inside that little crazy world. And this song totally does it for me, man. Like, this is such a great, like, in some fucking romance movie or whatever, this would be a perfect soundtrack song. Maybe it's already been in a movie somewhere. If it hasn't, it should be. So here's American Money by whoever this fucking person is. Listen to this and think about romance. And uh, sorry I yelled at you. I'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah.